Welcome back to the show. Julian DeStoop with you going for a top of 29 degrees in Melbourne today as the quarterfinals get underway at Melbourne Park. Ben Graham will join us later on this hour to look back at the NFL playoffs from the weekend and look ahead as we've got four teams to go as we close in on the Super Bowl next month in Las Vegas. NBL plenty going on, plenty of drama and a very, very tight competition. So it's time to check in with this man, Felix Von Hoff. Hello, Felix. Oh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's all going at the top of 29. Doesn't sound too bad. I'm out to the tennis after this. So. Good, uh, good afternoon. Where are you in New Zealand or something? Where are you? <laughs> what, what is it now? It's late. No, you know what? I, I, the problem is, and I'll tell you this much, I've been getting up for these stupid 6 a.m. workouts, but then I don't work during the day. So I'm not sure why I get up at 6 a.m. to do it, but it feels like it should be about 3 or 4 p.m. Because so, the, yeah, tem- the body is a temple. That's why, Felix. That's why yeah, you're doing some, it. We've got some, some shady worshippers hanging around if, it, if, it's, if it's a temple. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you, first of all, Extraordinary sarcastic rant from Adam Ford the other night from the Cairns Taipans. Mm. He's now got a case to answer. What did you make of it? And what do you think the NBL will do with that rant? Look, it's a really hard one because, look, I think that he set the blueprint out about the possibly the perfect way to go about complaining about something that the league's done. Because by the letter of the law, he's done nothing wrong. He's just said... You know, he said it sarcastically. Now, I'm not sure if there's anything in the Magna Carta or whatever you call it that says sarcasm. So I think you might be able to get away with this, but it's still an interesting one to say. And look, I think he had, there was some merit in what he was saying. Now, the CEO that's come into the NBL has done a fantastic job, an absolutely unreal job in his first six months. But I think the thing that he's latched onto there was with the criticism coming to everyone else outside the referees. Now, the refs have had at times this year a bit of a tough run. Of, but it's also that look, we, the players in the NBL are getting better and better, and therefore they're getting harder to guard. And there is a process of players getting used to that. We've got some really high-level imports in the league, and these guys are hard to guard. So there is going to be more fouls. So the refs get let off on the hook there. But I do think there's, you know, sometimes we just have to admit in sport that the refs have got it wrong. It shouldn't, the owners shouldn't always come on the players and the coaches to say, oh, no, we were wrong. You know, sometimes the refs do get it wrong, and I think there needs to be some sort of, transparency there and I think that's what some of the coaches are getting annoyed at but I do think that you know some of his comments especially towards certain individuals are probably taking it a bit too far and it's certainly not their fault that what's going on yeah I think it's got to be some sort of sanction or a warning you would have thought otherwise some other coaches yeah, might adopt the come, same sort of style yeah, no, yeah no, I think he'll definitely get something. There'll, there'll, be, there'll be something that'll come out of it. But again, it's just, it's tough on the NBL because, you know, then you go through the appeal and then you do all this sort of stuff and they'll be like, okay, well, we've got nothing written here for sarcasm, so we might be cooked. Bryce Cotton is amazing. He's on an eight-game tear at the moment, averaging 30 points, six in a row for the Perth Wildcats. Um, is it clear now that they are the number one challenger to Melbourne United? Yeah, well, it's interesting because we, we the last, about this time last week we were speaking about Melbourne United, you know, being the fourth, and we did mention that that road trip was coming up, and they really get tested on the road. And right now, you'd have to say that they've failed that test. Of course, losing their last time around, and Perth have just continued to roll, and you know they're going to get a couple of road games coming up. But if you had to do the power rankings today, I would still slightly just have Melbourne United ahead. But I'd still have Perth. You know, it could be next week. A, a, a win and a loss either way for either side could move it. But Perth are just playing some very, very good basketball. But as I said, they're very, very reliant on Bryce Cotton playing the best basketball of his career, which he is at the moment. But how long can that run last? And they've proven that when he has an off night, they have an off night. So I think Melbourne United are just so deep through 
that they've, they've got guys. Chris can have an off night. Delhi can have an off night. Huck Porty can have an off night, and they can still win. I just think Perth are really riding this wave at the moment of Bryce Cotton. Is there any concerns with Melbourne United's form at the moment? We know this is a really tough time of the year when they're on the road due to the tennis, you know, seven or eight away games in a row. They've got a couple of tough ones uh, coming up this week. The Kings, who, who need a win. The Bullets, that are in great form. Would Dean Vickerman be concerned with the way they're playing, or given they... They gave himself a great start, a bit of a buffer at the top. He wouldn't be wouldn't be too worried. Um, I think it's look. I wouldn't be too concerned. One of the the hard things with the NBL is that you play every team almost four times. Now, when you start playing teams that many times, they really get a good scout on you, and it's hard to beat teams four times throughout a year. And Melbourne United have started to get to the point now where they're being asked to do that. And I think that a mixture of that. And being on the road, you're always bound to drop a couple. It's tough to be up all year. And they were up so much at the beginning of the year that they're just going through a little bit of a rough patch here. But there's nothing that jumps out. That, you know, they're not playing woeful defense. They're not playing woeful offense. They're just getting the best shot of these other teams. And sometimes, you know, when you've played a team three times already and you've got to come up against them again, is the motivation there to, to, to knock them off for that fourth time, whereas all the motivation's with the opposition. So, no, I, I think Dean, Dean would be keeping it a pretty... Uh, pretty steady look at everything that's going on. But then again, you, you don't want that to, to creep in and, and start becoming the norm. Speaking of Felix Von Hoff, all things NBL. Uh, the Kings are now outside the top four and the Bullets have leapfrogged them. How much damage can the Bullets do? Yeah, well, the Bullets here, they've still got some pieces as well. So their coach that's come in, the new coach this year, when you come in and you've got to, you know, assert this, he's got a very different style to the previous coaches. So, and he's got some pieces on this team that he probably wouldn't choose to have that he's inherited. Some big contracts and pieces that he's had to work around. So I think over the last couple of weeks, they've really started to find that style that I know he likes to coach. And they're really playing a sort of upbeat style. They've got Casey Prather, who is one of the best imports we've seen in recent history in the NBL is starting to find a little bit of fitness. Hopefully still looks a bit proppy, but if he can find his best, they're going to be even better. But again, look, we sort of speak on Brisbane the same way we were Illawarra, but they're just a bit more talented than Illawarra. So if we're talking about a team that can creep up that was doing poorly before, I think that Brisbane's probably that team that everyone's like, you know what? I don't want them to finish fourth and have to face them in the playoffs first round. One man that's in, obviously a lot of talk about Bryce Cotton at the moment. And and so there should be, you know, registered his 5,000 point the other day, and he's on this great uh, streak of form. But uh, Isaac Humphreys is playing some great basketball. Do we think there's another overseas stint coming for Isaac if he wants it, and maybe even, you know, possibly in the in the frame for the Boomers at some stage as well? I think that one's the big one. The Boomers is the big one, because right now we've got Jock Landale, Duot Reese, another guy, and a massive chasm behind them of not much front court depth. So I, I think that Isaac for the Boomers is a really, at least get a look in at the camp and see how he goes. Because Duot Reese, another guy that's been playing in the NBA at the moment, playing really well, but we didn't quite see the best of him at times over at the World Championship. So I think Isaac will definitely get an invite to the Boomers camp. I think for the NBA, it's just, it's tough because the game's changed so much. And now you really have to be a shooting big to be able to make the NBA. You've got to be able to stroke it from outside. And I think that's just one of Isaac's areas of the game that's never really never really been able to lock onto like so many other bigs haven't. But look, it, he's going to get a big contract no matter what because the knock on him for his entire career, and we've got to remember he played in the NBA previously yeah. when he was younger, has just been staying healthy. And he just hasn't been able to get a good run of games together. And for bigs, it's really, really important that for their feel, their touch, that they stay healthy and they're out there as much as possible. Because those, for some reason... 
big guys, if they sit out four weeks, they're the worst player on earth when they return to the game. Whereas guards can do it and they can come back and slide back into the lineup. But I think Isaac's got a big future ahead of him because remember, he's still a young guy. Yeah. You know, he was rookie of the year not that long ago in the NBA. So I definitely think Boomer's massive tech. I think he's a red hot shot to be able to creep into that lineup at least to the camp. And I think potentially, you know, some big European money or some big money over in Asia is coming his way very shortly. So we're not far away from the Olympics now. Um, I know Andrew Gaze is big on their chances uh, of going all the way. How are we feeling about the Boomers? With you know, like Ben Simmons is still not playing. Uh, Paddy Mills is not getting much court time. The, these sort of issues. Is there some concerns around the preparation for some of our our key players for the Olympics? And and oh, we don't even know if Ben Simmons will be there to be honest. But right now he's not playing. Yeah, look, it's. it's uh, I think I'm a big believer in people that we send a team over to the Olympics and we've done so over the last couple of years. And look, we've had success, but I think we, the hard thing is, are we, are we going to be able to pass past that? Because right now our entire Olympic team for the most part is made out of guys that sit on the bench in yeah. the NBA and are role players. Now they, they don't sit on the bench, but they play 20 minutes and they play a role, which is, you know, go to the corner, shoot, you know, you, you're not the main guy. Whereas we've got guys in the NBA that are the main guy. Now they're not as good as the guys in the NBA, but I think there should be a middle ground that we find with, like, you know, we need a flat-out scorer. We need a, and we need a Bryce Cotton. Unfortunately, the citizenship's not going to work there for Bryce Cotton. But we need someone outside of Paddy because Paddy is getting older. And you look in the NBA, look, he's not playing at the moment. He's sort of resigned to the bench. When he comes into the Olympics, you want guys that are going to be in full fitness. Now, Paddy's always going to be on the team and he's always going to do his thing. But it's tough. It's very tough to go from not playing to being the man. And I think we need a few more sort of, and I hate the term, I absolutely hate the term, I despise it, but a few more alphas within that team that are used to controlling. Yeah, I see, I know you hate it as well. No, it's, it's not a great term. term. No. It's, it's like champ. It's just, it's, it's, it's a dirty word, but we need more like of goat. those sort of guys that are willing to just be able to score at their own will. Because right now we get out there in the Olympics and it's okay, we've got, we've got probably the 12 best players our Olympic team's ever seen. But they're all the same guy. They're all a six-six defender that plays limited minutes in the NBA. So I think it's just about who's going to step up and be that guy. Now, hopefully, we get surprised and Josh Giddy comes out and he scores at will, or Dante Exum continues his form that yeah. he has over there in Dallas and Josh Green. And I, I think that some of these guys will step up, but it's just about you know you're really counting on that happening. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because it'll be here before we know. Just going back to the original point. With Adam Form, there's, you know, there's been a lot of criticism of the refereeing. Such a physical game in the NBL. There's a lot of players getting to the free point line. Is that something, though, we should be sort of celebrating about our league? Because I don't know about you. You love your NBA. I know that. But if you watch the NBA now, there's bugger all defense going on. But at least yep. with the NBL, it's not easy to score still. And that should be something we should be celebrating, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, you bang on there. And anyone who's a sports fan can appreciate that you don't want to turn the game into a circus. And at times, the NBA gets turned into, you know, a superstar will never get called for a foul. They'll never get called for a travel. We never want that to happen to the NBL because we've got basketball fans out here. They like the game of basketball. It's the same in Europe. And I think there is a fine line between letting the game flow and letting the game breathe and understanding that, you know, sometimes it is a foul. Like, that is, that's not on the refs. That's on the defense. And I think one of the refs... Before the broadcast, I spoke to him about, like, you know, because I never want to hang, hang on the refs too much on the broadcast. And as he said, what, what they say to the coaches sometimes is, you've got to challenge. If you don't agree with the call, challenge it. Don't yell at me and scream at me. Just challenge the call. You've got unlimited if you get them right. And I think that's, that's a good point yeah. that the refs make there. And, and they're never going to get them all right. And I think it is a bit of a culture within Australian sport 
that we go at them pretty hard. But I think you bang on there. We don't want it to turn into that circus. And we just need to understand that this is basketball. There are fouls, but, you know, maybe at times we just need to sort of lay off, 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 lay off it a little bit. But there's also, like, the full-time officials is an argument. Mm. You know, we don't have full-time officials. The AFL, for the most part, doesn't have full-time no, officials no. because these guys can earn double incomes. They don't want to go full-time because they can work an entire other job and do it. So I think that's the sort of, like, the NBA has full-time officials. I think in basketball, it's especially prevalent. You probably need full-time officials. But, again, I don't blame the refs for saying we don't want that because we're working two jobs and earning double the money. And just before I let you go, Andrew Gay's update, please. He's due back next week with Andy Marr on the run home. How's he going? How's his coaching? He's going very well, but I'll tell you what, Jules, I'm worried because I'm booked in to go and watch uh, Djokovic and Taylor Fritz at, I think the game starts at 2.30pm and practices at 630 And if I get hold of a few too many Canadian clubs, <laughs> uh, I might have to work out some injury that, I, that I've sustained. So if you want to just say across the airwaves that I've done my hamstring yeah. on the way to the tennis, then uh, I'd really appreciate that one. Some sort of corporate gig for you there today, I'm assuming. You're not out with the punters? No, well, this one is actually, we, we were, I was standing there at the tennis and I, we was four, four of our mates, and we said to this person, oh, can you take a photo of us? Of course, we've got to get the Instagram going. It turns out to be Taylor Fritz's agent. And that we right. stood there and ended up, we were, we were talking with them for a while, and then they got a ticket to today's game. So probably just to get us away from them, but they've got us <laughs> tickets anyway. <laughs> Unbelievable. Enjoy. I hope you make practice. And uh, as always, Felix, uh, great to chat. Easy. Thanks, Jules.